Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name's Daniel. And this is episode 51. Ooh. Now, if you want to catch the other 50, why don't you just mosey on down to soundcloud.com slash the Save Room Show or Spotify or iTunes or Google Play or uh, apparently Chatbox. You could just rip our fucking podcast these days. Castbox. Castbox, sorry, yeah, yeah. Chatterbox, yeah, yeah. whatever so, it was. So, like, my suspicion last week that somebody had been listening to oh. us on there, it was our good friend Dave, Dave Guy, and uh, he let <laughs> us know that he was that that one hitting it. He actually says he prefers Castbox over most podcasting platforms. Did you get a Y Spotify, on that? SoundCloud. He says the UI is really great. The UI is really Granted, great. Granted, we are not in partnership with Castbox, although yeah. we are extending our cast line out there. Please, Castbox. Let's do a deal with you, you know. Chatter cast bo- box chat. I we will give you the best plugs possible. They'll fit you nicely. Oh wow, that's a glowing <laughs> endorsement. Yeah, I just got to get their name right. Castbox. Okay. Castbox. Cool. Well, thank you, Castbox. Thanks for having our our mouth vitriol yeah. on there. If you want to assault your eyes <laughs> like in any means possible, uh, you can check us out on Twitch. Me, I am twitch.tv slash the red herb next week's gonna be awesome actually by the time you listen to this we'll be so damn close i'm doing an all-day fucking stream Mm. of resident evil 2 i took the day off of work man for the release we're so close and i made a promise on twitter and twitter promises i saw it our promises you can't break is that i'm gonna stream all day Mm -hmm. until i beat claire's campaign you, walk, you walked back I'll on your statement from last night where I was like, yeah. are you going to do it all? You're like, no, I'll probably do like four hours of it and then I'll yeah. do the rest like by myself. No, I, I, do it all. I woke up to the truth. Okay. <laughs> I woke up to the truth. It'd be I'm, like that I'm sometimes. Gonna, I'm going to pound through that fucking game. I'm going to yeah. pound through that game. You, however, where can they find you if they wanted to put your eyes on? You can catch my B scenario you. over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons <laughs> like and Daniels. That. I will probably also be doing a little bit of Claire, a little bit of Leon. Maybe some Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, getting straight up poly with it. I like it. so close to that yeah. as well. We got two games coming out that we never thought we'd get. And we're going to stream the fuck out of them for you. I yeah. actually just thought about that. I was like, I don't think I'm going to do Kingdom Hearts 3 in private. I need to share my confusion yeah. with the audiences out there. And I think they might they might dig on that. We had uh, we were playing last night a little Overwatch mm. with our buddy Dave, Chatbox's number one subscriber. <laughs> and uh, he was explaining some Kingdom Hearts lore to me because I asked a simple question what is Organization 13? And it turned into 13 minutes of conversation that, I don't know, it, it was like somebody reading how to, how to, like, if I read to you every Ikea instruction manual, you know? Actually, those are just pictures. <laughs> <laughs> pictures might have helped a little bit more because there are a lot of names flying around. Both were just as confusing. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to build something from Ikea is like, what the fuck? Like, you yeah. have to have some real spatial kind of awareness on, on those documents. We, we built you a bed from Ikea not, yeah. not, like, a few weeks ago. And you're like, mm-hmm. that'll only take us, like, 45 minutes to an hour. And I laughed. I was like, it's going to take you two hours. And you're like, what are you, dumb? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Trust me. Trust me. I was like, no, there's no way, man. Yeah. Building shit from Ikea is great. But there's different levels of shit from Ikea. Some of them are just like, hey, here's some legs and here's a flat piece of wood. You got a table. Congrats. But the beds, for some reason, are just like, strap the fuck in, dude. We're going to figure out how to how to go through this together. Yeah. This is an odyssey. It doesn't look stable until the mattress is on it. And you're like, whoa. Yeah, I I kept, isn't that the funny process about it? Mm. You question every decision (laughs) along the way until you can step back and be like, ah, I made a bed frame. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. Yeah, Daniel, I want to talk to you because you had some recent trauma in your life. Yeah, for sure. And it it (laughs) happened directly after that we recorded our last episode, episode 50, which I felt like we... 
we did something save room first mm-hmm. we got an episode recorded within two hours like straight up it wasn't a three-hour odyssey like our fucking game of the year episode it, and it wasn't like a two and a half hour explainer of a miyazaki game from 2015 for sure for sure <laughs> which you should still check that one out because we really like that one you sure as fuck should tell me you decided to just right. really open yourself up in a different way in front what? of me <laughs> wow that's one way to put it listen <laughs> tell me your story I am not much of a risk taker these days anymore. I'm not much of a daredevil. You're really old. Shit just kind of happens. Uh, very fragile. Very, very fragile. Mm. We recorded our last episode. Walked away from it. I was like, I'm going to stream tonight. We're going to chill. We're going to have a good time with the people over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. So you got to plug it. Bingo. Do. Did you plug it before? Did I did, pre- actually. I did. You did? And okay. if people are looking forward to it, well, I don't know how they would have been because that All episode right. came out like seven days after anyway but i was like i'm gonna do some dishes i'm gonna stream did some dishes did my civic apartment duties with you my domestic partner kevin and we we... have unspoken agreements about the dishes we we don't have a schedule we just kind of have like we 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 like most things in our lives we just gotta eyeball it we just gotta eyeball it okay that looks like my measure there okay yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah yeah, it looks like my measure is exactly a thing that happens so i was like oh yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make some food and just gonna chill out and then do it and i was washing dishes and i guess i went a little too hard in my (laughs) dishwashing endeavors um I was washing one of my favorite pint glasses. It's a Legend of Zelda glass from Skyward Sword. Yeah. One of the great unspoken it, it, Zelda it's, games. It's got that link with the, uh, he's got, it's a blue scarf, right? Yeah, he's got the blue scarf, it's green got that tunic, good look. Yeah, same yeah. eyes, left-handed like he should be. So I broke this glass, kind of a bummer, one of my favorite glasses. Good thing it's a set of two. And I cut myself. And I was like, oh, okay. But it, it escalated real fast where I was like, oh shit, I'm bleeding. And you just you were sitting at like the table. You were just where watching. Where did you like, cut yourself? Like, Because it makes it seem like it escalated real fast because I got myself right in the neck. <laughs> you were on your you hand. You think like the disposal got involved or something. You no, your, no. You it's just like the your, length of my right your, pinky yes. on the outside. Okay. And I was like, oh shit. But it was bleeding like I've never bled before. And I was like, oh, well, I wrapped it real quick. Frantically. Is that a poison song? <laughs> Brent Michaels, let us know right in. Yeah, okay. And uh, I wrapped it, went to the bathroom real quick, fucking put a bandaid. You were like, should we go to the ER? Should we go to the ER? And like, you, you were in the, <laughs> you were in the right mindset to suggest it, uh, because I was bleeding a lot. Well, I saw the initial cut, and I was like, I was like, okay, cool. I was standing right next to him, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, because I like to watch him wash wash dishes. Mm-hmm. What of it? What of it? <laughs> it's just a thing. It's what we did. And so I watched it happen, and I I remember my first reaction was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I saw it where that initial weird moment of where I see an obvious cut on skin, but mm. blood does not occur. And then it does occur. <laughs> it happened a lot. I was like, ooh. So you put a bandage on it and we were just like, you were like, ah, oh, let's wait an hour. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want, I really want to go to the hospital. No. Is what you kept on repeating. Because I wanted to stream. I wanted to chill out. We just recorded. I don't want to fucking worry about going yeah. to the ER. <laughs> and I was like, it's also going to be expensive. Yeah, so I was like, I'm going to eat a salad, get my iron levels back. Just kind of. Yeah, you did you, do that. You were you? like, if, if a fucking you, Walmart salad, by yeah, the way. It, it was good. Very hardy, Mark place select i was like um, if you're hungry you probably aren't that injured <laughs> no but i was just doing it and you're like if you go gray and pass out i'll take you to the er and then only I, after and i played tetris not before because tetris was like i gotta do it i gotta get that visual audio stimulation it's what i do it's how i get my dopamine these days can and i stop you you fucking opened yourself up with a jagged piece of glass yeah. and you're like oh let me calm myself down with some video games it's it's what the, any normal man would do and then you came Easy. you checked on me an hour later because i was like i'll look at it at 6 30 because it happened around like 5 30 
And you're like, let's look at it. And I went in the bathroom, still gushing like I had just cut it. And I actually noticed that the skin was like severely separated. I did a number on it. I thought it was just like a superficial cut. I fucking like carved my skin up. Yeah, man. You, you definitely oh. treat yourself like a turkey. Yeah. I walked in on some Clive Barker shit and I was like, oh, okay. So I, I, I Googled the nearest hospital mm-hmm. because all of the walk-in clinics fucking closed, closed. at five o'clock, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Slit yourself open, but only between uh, fucking 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., I guess. But Kevin did his, like, great duty to me. He's like, yo, man, I'll, dri- I'll drive you to the fucking hospital. And he did it. was it. part of the roommate contract. Yeah, <laughs> the unspoken roommate contract. Yeah. Well, now you're my emergency contact, so you're kind of yeah. fucked. Nice, dude. Um, but we go there, and... You could pick up my uh, my uh, medicine from the pharmacy, by the way, if I had medicine to get from a pharmacy. I put you as that guy. You tell me this all the yeah, time. I tell work. you all the time. I was, <laughs> like, I, I was like, I know nobody else in Washington. What the yeah. fuck? So we go there, get in the ER, Baby Shark's playing, because there's kids in the lobby, you know, doing their thing, and we get in there, and... What the fuck is Baby Shark? That song, Baby Shark, do 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 <laughs> Yeah, you remember hearing it from the kid's phone like a hundred yeah, times? Yeah, this kid played it like 14 yeah. times in a row, and yeah. I'm like, I, I guess I remember being kind of like that as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I I wore the shit out of uh, my uh, Jurassic Park VHS. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I would, repl- I would watch it every day. So I yeah. guess I kind of get it, but as an adult, when you hear it in a hospital waiting... Mm-hmm waiting lobby it gets on you it's it's irritating yeah it's bit. irritating luckily yeah. we weren't out there for too long they get us in there poking at it looking at it you saw me get stabbed probably like what no less than 10 times that oh that was the most i didn't know what the fuck to make of that because yeah. he came and he was like all right we're gonna numb around the womb first of all the womb his wound <laughs> first of all my deed wouldn't stop bleeding <laughs> daniel for some reason was just like hey i want to bleed all of my body out through my hands because mm-hmm. that's what you were doing. They came in to clean it, and like they, when they were washing it, it was just like the shower scene from Psycho. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh fuck, dude!" I made a mess all over that fucking assistant side table. Yeah, like I asked you, I was like, "You do intend on like not bleeding at some point today, right?" It didn't seem that serious. You nicked an artery. <laughs> I cut an artery. Uh, almost cut through like an entire nerve bundle. I, I did nick some nerves oh. and I hit a vein too. Like I hit like some major pumping what points. Did, how did you do this? You did this on a fucking Zelda glass too, <laughs> man. Zelda, I got betrayed by one of my first video game loves. I know, dude. Oh, oh man. That's like a Claire Redfield body pillow for me having asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> betrayed by my one true love. <laughs> Only in Florida that would happen. <laughs> but they, they get me in there. They do some x-rays. They want to make sure I don't have glass in my hand. I'm never having to worry about whether or not I have glass was, Yeah, I hand. forgot about that. They yeah. had to check, check you to be the they glass did, man They did, like, not. hand x-rays. <laughs> <laughs> but it all went really well. The, the team got in there. They did some work. Yeah, and, and I had to get eight stitches. Like, this <clears> did not look like an eight-stitch cut uh, when I bandaged it. <laughs> yeah, we were we were estimating before we went to the hospital. And yeah. I was like, yeah, probably, like, two, man. Just, like, two to close that sucker up. Eight. Got eight. Oh eight. my god! It was an ordeal. They put a lot of pins and work in me, and actually, I got my stitches out this morning. So okay, it's kind of bookends the experience because, like, you know, after the last episode, I went before this one. I'm fine. <laughs> there you I'm go. still bleeding. It looks closed weird. loop. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Did it feel good to to get those oh, no. those suckers oh, out? Oh no, no, no! It felt no? weird. I hated it. The, the one yeah. by one, or is it just like a snake that comes out at one? No, it's one by one. It's one by one. <laughs> and okay, then she yeah. like she looked at it. She's like, "Can you can you feel if there's still like fabric in there, like um, the what? material from the stitch?" And I was like, "I don't think there's anything left in there." I was like, "How would I feel?" She's like, "Just touch it." And I'm like, "I don't think there's anything left in there." She's like, she's well, like "Touch it more." <laughs> she's like, "Make it bleed more." She's touch like, "Well, it if, anything, if you find any at home, you could take it out with some tweezers." And I'm like, "No, my head, if I find it, I'm leaving it in there. I'm not pulling it's it out." It's a part of me. I'm a cyborg now. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I'm I'm very glad 
glad that you're okay, buddy. And I'm very sorry that it cost a lot of money yeah, <laughs> to I'm, make that happen. Oh my God. At least my insurance kind of came yeah. and kicked through. Mm-mm. I learned a, I learned a lot about insurance that night. I learned less about insurance the more <laughs> that that person explained it to us, Yeah, actually, which is some shit. But you're good. Your gaming hands back up. I okay. ended up getting some good, good game time actually in last week. I, I streamed a play? little bit. I played I played uh, Tetris Effect because no. that was the easiest game for me to play. It's not very labor intensive. It's three buttons. You know? Yeah. I don't have to like grip the controller too hard. And then I graduated to Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight was a little tough because I was doing White mm. Palace. Um, and that's a lot of like super Meat Boy like platforming. And I'm like, I can't handle this. Like my hand's cramping. I haven't played Super Meat Boy actually, but yeah. I know what you mean. Like that super tough precision based yeah. platform, much like Celeste recently. Yeah, I thought, I was about to say, I thought Celeste people. was kind of like that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I got to play? What I got to, to play Onimusha oh, Warlords. Tell me about Onimusha. it. Um, I saw you stream it. I saw you play it for at least an hour. Well, as, as the resident Capcom captain, I was uh, obligated mm-hmm. to uh, pick this game up, which is only 1999. by the way. If you want to walk down memory lane, this game came out in fucking 2001 wow. on the PS2. And as I played the game, which was, it's a pretty decent remaster. Like, keep in mind, it's pre-rendered backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that I describe the game is that it's somewhere in between classic Resident Evil and... And then Devil May Cry. Okay. Right in between. Like, it has the hack and slash action of Devil May Cry, but not over the top. You can't, like, juggle enemies or anything like that. No. It's actually a little more um, methodical. And then... It, it, it's it's not as uh, it's, it has the puzzle based kind of solving shit and kind of the backtracking mindset of classic Resident Evil. So okay. it's like it sits right between there. But uh, for twenty bucks, you you really can't go wrong with it, dude. It's it's just that I as I, as I went to play through it, I actually realized something. I was like, oh shit, I've never played this. <laughs> Oh, I thought you had. I thought I had, okay. too. It turns out I've never played the first Onimusha. I okay. played, so two and three? I played Onimusha 2 Samurai's Destiny. Mm. That was the one that I played the most, and I remember being blown the fuck away okay. by it. But then I didn't play 3, which is also really weird. Oh, I skipped out on the Gene Reno edition? I think I remember it just being really hard for me to get PS2 games yeah. when I was younger. Because okay. I had to really make them stick. I did a lot of, um, hey, cat, stop your shit interrupting this podcast to fuck with my Onimusha story? She's being so fucked all day. Yeah, you're being fucked all day. Come here. Come here. I'm gonna get her in the lap, audience. Get her in the lap. Get in the lap. Come call, on. call that Come cat. On. Come well, on. It, call this cat. I watched call you play it cat. for a decent call amount of time. Cat. <laughs> She's gone. She's gone. She, she didn't want to be cold. Okay. I watched you play it for like a good decent amount of time and it looks like a 2001 PS2 game. Yeah. Very much in like the art rendering and the, the gameplay. Uh-huh. It felt like something I would have played back then. Definitely not PS3 <laughs> type generation game. You get a lot of blurry backgrounds yeah. in comparison to uh, the foreground like 3D polygonal characters like uh, Sam Minosuke yeah. and his friend uh, Kayede. I okay. think I'm saying that right, hopefully. And you get to play as both of them throughout it, but it, it, it's very much an early PS2 game, which is to say, high concept, cool gameplay, real goddamn short. Mm-hmm. You can you can nail, I nailed not Onimusha in like five hours and 20 minutes, and that was me like really poking around in the game too. Sounds about right for like yeah. early era Capcom games like that. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would say so. I would say so. It's pretty short, but it, it, it's cool. It's a nice little mm-hmm. slice of history, man. I gotta say, the fucking... Because <clears throat> it still holds up. That's the thing that gets me. Yeah. It still holds up. What it's very think? representative of Capcom history. Yeah. I And the thing that surprised me the most is that, I mean, we obviously we got like four Onimushas, I think, for mm-hmm. PS2 that ended with Dawn of Dreams? Dream Warrior? I don't know. Anyway. And then there was a fighting game on Amisha, <laughs> on Amisha Warriors. Okay. Yeah. They, uh, apparently it was Smash-like. It was weird. It was weird. I, I can fuck with that, though. 
I know I could fuck with that too, but I, I think it wasn't well received. Oh, okay. But, 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 but we didn't get anything for 360 error. We didn't, we didn't get anything for PS3. We didn't get anything for PS4 until this game. And it surprises me. Cause I'm thinking like you collect souls in the game. And of course, when you die, you still keep the souls. But, mm-hmm. and I was like the methodical gameplay and some of the action. I was like, if they just kind of worked on some of those elements, they could have had Neo before Neo even came out. Oh, like the pre-prototype for Neo. Yeah, exactly. Like they could have been like got there first with it. You know, so I'm surprised that Capcom hasn't invested in it. I, I wonder if, like, the last two animations were just, like, with these fucking tanked. <laughs> That's why they've been scared to do one for, like, years. I don't know if this is going to, like, bring people's, like, fervor back up for it. I think it's... going to get people I, talking about I it. I think it's still pretty culty, man. Yeah. I don't think it's going to sell the same way. When they re, uh, re-released the remaster of Resident Evil, the mm-hmm. remake... Uh, that one ended up uh, having like over a million downloads, right, on on the PlayStation alone. I remember that breaking some sort of record. Yeah, and I, I think th- it ain't gonna be that, you know. But I still save roommates. I suggest pick it up anyway. The action's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It starts off kind of easy, but then it gets you pretty sa- difficult. You kept saying that the whole time. You're like, this is really easy. And then by the end of the game, I was like, uh, the last few fights, yeah, it's pretty fucking hard. <laughs> but no, you just gotta kind of in that same. I'm not comparing it to Dark Souls, but mm-hmm. I'm saying in that Dark Souls kind of way, because it was like an early game, you have to learn it. You have to learn the okay. fight patterns and stuff of some of these fights. That, that's it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, You're fighting like a lot of Oni and demons. And yeah, you fight nothing but demons, man. Fuck yeah, I like fighting demons. Yeah, you just fight demons, and then it does the Mega Man shit, where if you go, go off screen for a second and come back, the enemies respawn. Okay. <laughs> Which is just so Capcom, dude. But I, you know what I loved? I, when I was playing it, I was streaming, and I was just like... Yeah, I think Capcom is definitely my favorite developer, mm-hmm. and I know that's no surprise to you, but I really need to have it have it like solidified in my mind because I was just like, damn. When it comes to like one powerhouse that has released all of these franchises I love, and especially like you know cool projects like this, mm-hmm. like Onimusha, I go like Capcom's been the one behind it. So they've done a lot of they've dipped their kind of. Yeah hands in everything they, mm-hmm. they're very accomplished developer very well-rounded with their their i mean they had curation. that they had that uh, that dark era mm-hmm. where they were putting fucking dlc on disc yeah, and, yeah. and had like you know uh, it wasn't good toward the end of the 360 generation we got lost planet 3 okay we got street fighter versus tech and it wasn't well received even though i thought it was kind of fun but you know shit like that mm-hmm. it, it was a bad look for a little while well we're doing like the capcom renaissance now like all these good shit's the happening capcom renaissance <laughs> yeah think wow. about it with, with monster hunter world breaking records across yeah. like every fucking platform re7 re2 happening. re2 looking like it's gonna murder when it comes out next week not yeah. so much marvel versus capcom infinite we've we got no, past that no. but just they're doing good things dmc5 no, like fuck it up yeah yeah fuck <laughs> it up dude yeah i hope to, yeah i forget about dmc there's too many <laughs> fucking video games coming out this year world what the fuck man the only thing i couldn't fuck with with Onimusha yeah is is the the very jarring camera cuts oh it made some boss fights just because it is impenetrable it is across like uh that (laughs) old fixed perspective but like it carries across every scenario every fight yes yeah you you have to have been steeped in in like old resident evil to really be able to tolerate it so i don't know if that's gonna hold people back but at least they have the push to go kind of gameplay like they did for re uh, remaster Mm -hmm. your barrier of entry is kind of a little easier i will say for anybody that's kind of interested but on the fence the gameplay is not super deep (laughs) i mean you can like upgrade your weapons and stuff but yeah i wouldn't call it super super deep it's just more about it's a it's a cool experience Mm -hmm. there's some cool puzzles and there's definitely some cool fights are you gonna platinum it 
I'm thinking about it. <laughs> the, okay, so you have to beat thing, it in under what, like three hours? Yeah, but let's get real. It's, okay. it's an old PS2 game, so it has old school PS2 problems. For instance, there's this one part in the game where you have to do three trap puzzles in a row, mm-hmm. and you only get one save point because the save system is very much like Resident Evil. You get one save point before this part, and there's a big cutscene. Uh, at the start of it too and if you die you got to go through this fucking cutscene again and then you have to go through each room and do the same fucking elongated puzzles one after another and it's just irritating Mm -hmm. whereas like a checkpoint system would have been the easiest solve for that naturally because modern games have that so you have to just bear in mind that there is some legacy quality of life issues that okay. you have to bear through. Naturally, sure. you'd expect that going you, into you can't, it. You can't skip the cutscenes, yeah. man, because there's some fucking animator at Capcom that's just like, this is my pride and joy. He, ends, he went on to uh, Monster Hunter. He did that to us too, man. Oh, shit. I don't, I'm not saying that it's actually one guy. I'm just I'm imagining that he, that's the reason you couldn't fucking skip cutscenes in that game too. Mm. Okay. Listen. Yeah. They're already riding around on that divorce horse. They don't want you to fucking skip the cutscenes. Oh, you're bringing back the divorce horse, man. That's our <laughs> patented save room. Uh... Yeah, he fucking patented us the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the divorce horse. Because, you know, there's one just technical flourish in every video game, such as in Red Dead, the mm-hmm. horse balls, that probably resulted in a divorce because somebody was fucking crunching those hours <laughs> and staying in the office for fucking, like, 60 hours a week, man. You, you came at me with it's it, It's a but... divorce horse. Yeah, it's a little more euphonic than uh this game was a divorce this scene right here this animation was divorce it's a divorce horse yeah that one yeah that's gonna catch one day man <laughs> i don't know how we got that from Anamusha. i don't know if there's a single divorce horse in this game <laughs> except for this one part where some geese fly across a, a sunset i feel like that was really well thought out okay there's a trophy behind it oh sick cool yeah. You want to get in the news, yeah, my buddy? Let's get the news. news. Yeah, the, uh, good thing your cat it seems to have she quieted down. down. Yeah. yeah, she's gonna be asleep. So, and we'll put you guys to sleep. The video news. gaming news puts her to sleep. <laughs> that's what everyone tells us. Oh shit! But that's why we're gonna talk about fucking Power Rangers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Number one on here is that the mightiest Morphinus Power Rangers are getting a brand new fighting game. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is a team-based fighting game developed by Enway. The roster will feature heroes and villains from the 25-year-old Power Rangers universe. It's coming sometime in April for PS4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch, with a PC version slated later in the year. Uh, it'll be 19.99. That's probably it's a most attractive uh, feature, <laughs> and it will have crossplay on PC, Switch, and Xbox One. PS4 Rangers apparently don't mix well with others. Enway hmm. previously developed the mobile-only Power Rangers Legacy Wars. Daniel, are you a big fan of Power Rangers Legacy Wars? Uh, my favorite mobile game. I played so much. <laughs> I spent at least like six dollars on microtransactions, and I love it. <laughs> so, are you? Actually, we never got a chance to touch base on this, I guess, in mm-hmm. like the 20 years that we've known each other. You grew up with Power Rangers, right? I you grew like Power up Rangers? very hard with Power Rangers. Did and you the have the toys? I had a lot of toys. I had a Me lot too. of the, the Megazords. Um, Which uh, ones? I had the full the full set where you had all the individual like Zords you had to put together to make the bigger one. Please be as detailed as possible because I'm going to cut this snippet out and just show it to like all the women in your life. <laughs> Listen... <laughs> 
<laughs> Back then, that was cool. That was like having a holographic Pokemon. Dude, card. I had the Dragon Zord. I had Tommy's exactly. Dragon Zord. I had the original Zord situation. I had the Zords uh, from the movie as well. What was the second gen where they like go to the jungle? Zeo. Zeo? That's not the jungle. No. What? The second gen was Zeo, though. Mm-hmm. You remember? Where like some of the Power Rangers went to space or some shit? I forget. Okay, so I only really not watched... to be confused with Power Rangers in space. <laughs> I watched Mighty Morphin. Yeah. And then the one after, like, Z. Okay, yeah. I'm convincing you that it's Zio. I'm going to look then, it up real And quick. then there was one where there was kids that became rangers for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there was, um, I think there was one where there were cowboys. <laughs> there was definitely, like, ninjas. And then at some point they were like, hey, dinosaur ninjas. And then it just got wild. As I grew up, there, apparently they've had a Power Rangers series for pretty much almost every year since 1993 oh wow in some degree or another yeah it's it's the craziest shit like nothing kills power rangers and then of course we got that big old movie that occurred which was like basically a pretty decent teen drama and the then 2017 one yeah and okay. then 15 minutes of power rangers which was befuddling and cheesy as fuck I'm glad it was reduced to that. Like, I guess that's kind of how the show ran. The show, too. exactly. There's a lot of like high school town surrounding drama with antagonists and Rita screeching uh-huh. and Zed and all that shit happening in the background. A lot of that that uh, community center, the rec center with mm-hmm. the milkshake uh, bar. A lot of them working their jobs. Yeah, a lot of them <laughs> learning about life. <laughs> but you said. I will concede that, like you said, that 15 minutes yeah. is probably the weakest 15 minutes it's of the weak- entire movie. Yeah, dude. It's the weirdest so. shit, actually. It but just doesn't feel right. But some of it's, else is great, actually. Some of it spoke to me as, like, a Power Rangers fan growing up. Like, I don't know. Like Kimberly taking her uh, shirt off? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. That's I know. good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> we got the dude from uh, Stranger Things Season 2 in that, right? He played Jason? Yes. Yeah. Because uh, Max's older brother. Because he does an immaculate American accent. I had no <laughs> idea. Because the dude's Australian, yeah. right? Oh my god, it's pretty insane. Yeah, I didn't recognize because he's like super blonde in in Stranger Things, but mm-hmm. he ended up playing the lead ranger. Wow. Well, this is all besides the point. Yeah. This video game is a fighting game, and apparently it's going to be like a little more simplistic in nature. Okay. Uh, so not as in depth. Like it on the offset, fans want like a DBZ fighter mm-hmm. slash like Marvel versus Capcom style Power Rangers game, but the license is not worth investing that much money into to get a developer to do that. You got to wonder how much <laughs> the license is. Back in the day, it seemed like we got serious interest. Did you know that Bandai? They had a fucking Power Rangers fighting game that on one like Super Nintendo. Yeah. And it was the different Rangers battling each other. That was the shit. And then I remember in Genesis I had this. It was called uh Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Fighting Edition, where you play as the fucking Zords fighting each other and you fight like Ivan Ooze, who's like floating around as a wizard. A oh, crazy yeah. wizard man. That looks crazy. Yeah. Cool. That was the shit. Just bring that back. I don't think this is gonna be as cool as those iterations. No, you don't I, think? You know, because it doesn't have the 90s-ness, right? It doesn't have the 90s. Yeah. It has the feel of, like, a mobile game fighter, which isn't to put it down. It just doesn't have, like, um, the depth for the uh, systems of a game like Marvel or look at, like, Tekken, you know, Marvel versus Capcom 3. Yeah. Even that probably had more going on than this. It just, it seems like a surface-level fighter with the yeah. Power Rangers, like, no crazy powers or suits or anything like that. It's $20, yeah. Yeah. 
like the way that you go with it i feel if you really want to make people feel satisfied is that each fighter plays very distinctly but mm-hmm. like how do you tell that apart it's just like this is the green ranger from the fucking the dinosaur age and here's a green ranger from space that's the difference like you can't two. make them play that much differently no, their fighting styles can't be that much crazier yeah. unless they had weapons that they use but even then it's like you're just limited by your weapon set yeah i think they only they said there was only like a handful of fighters but they want to have like yeah. fighters as dlc i'm i don't know if i'm that interested because every time i power rangers game comes on i'm just kind of like oh man yeah i really Mm -hmm. liked that as a kid but this is probably drek and for the most part it always seems like i'm right about that like oh yeah yeah, it is drek or else i wouldn't see games like that that power rangers beat-em-up that they did with the cartoony style Mm -hmm. i wouldn't see that shit for like four dollars on psn almost every other week i think it's just they haven't managed to do a good power rangers game (laughs) especially (laughs) in recent years i don't know if they're just like they don't want to put the time in it or Whatever the situation is. What if we? What if we're stupid as hell and this ends up being real good? I don't think it's gonna. You think it'll be real, real good? It's not gonna storm gates down. I think the fact that it's like twenty bucks is probably gonna help. Dude, they had um, David Frank, whatever his name, the yeah. Tommy. Yeah, they had him playing it in the, the yeah, trailer for in the it. Trailer. Yeah, yeah, he showed up and he, he was he was creaming people as yeah. Green Ranger, man. I hear the the combat system is really simplistic. I don't know that I would get into that much, especially if it comes out the same yeah, month yeah, that like Mortal Kombat 11 comes out, and like, oh, that's true. If it's coming out in April, it's fucked. Exactly. Like, it's absolutely fucked. There's no way I'm gonna favor playing this over that. Never, never in a million like, years. I'm always gonna choose the better fighter, and that's just kind of how it goes. Do I want a good fucking fighting game from Power Rangers? Of course. Bandai Namco, get back in there. Fucking make a brawler. Get in there with Saban. Get in there with fucking Netherrealm. Yeah, I kind of want like a really good brawler. Make shit happen. Okay, nobody's gonna do that. Netherrealm's not gonna get in there for Power Rangers. (laughs) Because like you can't even imagine that anybody at that studio would be fucking excited to do that. No, no. (laughs) I think an isometric sort of beat-em-up would be cool though. These people are imagining how eyeballs can fall out of a human being's head. (laughs) Not fucking making like, oh yeah, seven generations of green ranger <laughs> no no saban's not gonna let that happen no <laughs> saban okay number two on here daniel it's powerful it's just as powerful okay. bethesda is exiling cheaters from fallout 76's wasteland some would argue that playing fallout 76 is like being in exile but uh, <laughs> we're gonna do this story real quick i'm sorry todd i'm sorry what are these wastelanders doing well in last week's inside the vault post the company said quote we want fallout 76 to be a happy and healthy world for all players oh. <laughs> what <laughs> and we know that there are concerns with players finding and abusing exploits, end quote. Bethesda is referring to weapon duping, in which players are able to duplicate their items, and the fact that PC players have broken into the developer's room is another contentious (laughs) point for them as well. Now, if you don't know what a developer's room is, it is a hidden dev access-only area that houses copies of, well, every item in Fallout 76 in this instance, including unreleased items like weapons. So this happened in Fallout 4 as well, that, that the dev room was still like in the game in fact i was watching episodes of monster factory with with the final pam oh, the most wow. famous episodes of monster factory they would break their way into the developer's and, room <laughs> yeah they showed the developer's room before i even knew what that was oh, essentially wow. but they got in there and like every item was in there so um <laughs> bethesda stated quote and this is this is serious shit here huh quote once identified we work very closely with our support team to remove problem players that are abusing these exploits, whether that's that's uh, the duping exploits or those using cheat apps or mods to access areas in-game that are otherwise inaccessible 
and unintended for players in the game world, end quote. Bethesda also revealed plans to split the game into two different modes. This is besides the point, but I I, I just want to tell you about it, Daniel. Okay. One PvP light mode and a PvP hardcore mode. The former will basically be the same game, untouched, where the latter will turn off all safeguards that prevent players from attacking other players, essentially turning Fallout 76 into a survival game the likes of Rust. I'm really not sure who asked for that. I like the option. You like the option? I, I don't really want to suffer through hardcore PvP mode in this game. I'm already surviving against way too much. No, no, no. Yeah, I think it would have been fucked up if they just said, like, we're just going to take it away from you and see mm-hmm. how that works. Yeah. I would That would give me less of a reason to ever return to Fallout 76, yes. which I am already hard-pressed to go back to this game. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, the fucking masochists out there who want to hurt themselves over this game, do that, yeah. The light one, I, I'm there for that. Yeah, apparently there's, like, high-level griefers out there that are just getting bored with the game content because well obviously it's boring Mm -hmm. and they are actually just griefing players out there so they're what are they trying to say like hey if if you're an asshole we made an asshole mode for you yeah (laughs) go nuts in it yeah i i don't know that's not an interesting choice when it comes to actually kind of disciplining these quote-unquote bad actors that are out there i mean there's some arguments about this. I had a dude in my chat, a mainstay in my chat, uh, Tyler Man. Oh, Tyler Man. Kind of telling me about this, and he's like, no, if they want to get rid of this, they need to do like a server wipe or something like that because they just can't like keep on fixing it or punishing people for, for exploiting their broken game. Okay. I'm like, I don't know. There's like that, that doesn't feel like the same argument. Yes, the game is broken and shitty and disappointing, and it does seem like Bethesda is going out of their way to try to fix it. They have this, the what, what do they call it again? The vault post, <laughs> inside the vault post, where they keep on detailing all of the patches and fixes they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're really trying. But yeah, if people are kind of breaking into a room that's not intended for the public yeah. and then like dragging items out of there, it's like, well, what else do you do to curb that behavior than say, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. You have you know? to ban them hard. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't even know how long these bans are for. Like, what do they just ban them for like three months and like stop that and then go back to it? I don't know. What if they have like a lifetime ban to the account? That would be fucked. I it think would, that would, would be, be fucked. Little, that would be a little strong. There's no right away for that one. Yeah. But like... I, I don't know. I feel for Bethesda at this point with all the shit yeah. that's happening to them. Yeah. Um, and this is one more thing. It's like you, they probably wanted to transition into 2019 on a better front for their gaming. And now you got people fucking breaking into their dev room and <laughs> spreading around assets and fucking copying <laughs> weapons that we haven't seen yet. This sounds so severe, actually. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> even sound like we're talking about a video game. It sounds like somebody <laughs> broke into their Maryland office. <laughs> started spreading details about elder scrolls 6 it was the mcelroys <laughs> it was the mcelroys they broke again. <laughs> i didn't even yeah i had no idea what a dev room was until i heard this and then my first question was like well why would you leave that in any of the coding for the main game that you release i guess it's easy for like qa testers and yeah maybe because like it's that. like a continuous situation yeah maybe i don't know <sighs> That seems weird. Separate options menu. Oh my god, that's nuts to me. (laughs) Is there like a dev room in like other games? There has to be. Katamari dev room. Every fucking item you can roll up is just in one room. (laughs) It is the greatest time of your life. And it's an endless mode. It's an endless mode. But your father's not disappointed in you this one. You are actually the king of the cosmos yourself. (laughs) So yummy. Oh my god. Is that a quote? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so... Are you, uh, I gotta ask you before we move on from this, we talked a lot about 76, Are yeah. you, do you have any interest in your body at all if they can get this game into a decent state to return 
to Fallout 76. I think about it here and there, and yeah. then I think about how it would be a complete and utter waste of my time at this standing moment when I have better games to play. Yeah. I do want to go back to it. I do want to see that game through, because like, mm. I love Fallout. I do. I really do. Like, like I always talk about my time with 4 and how I barreled through that for like two months straight and like tried to see everything I could and want to get the DLC. But this one, I'm just like, it's not drawing me in the same way. No. Maybe it's just the wrong place, wrong time for me, or maybe it's just a shit game. But I hope by the time I do return to it, maybe six months, maybe. It's my declaration. Backlog season 2019. Okay. I'll come back to Fallout 76 during the summer, probably. Backlog 2019, coming up soon in the summer when no games are released. I want to see it through, but I'm not dedicated to it like I have been recent games. I feel you. I will say, Daniel, I I would have to run out of absolutely a bunch of games to play before I return to Fallout 76. The thing that they can do for me is that, let's say, halfway through 2019, they have a big old content update Mm -hmm. and it's fucking free. You can't tell me, like, oh, we have an expansion that I have to pay for. I'm like, I'm not spending more money in your game, guys. I'm sorry. I already spent the mistake money. (laughs) It's gone. It's gone forever. I didn't even get this game on sale. So it would have to be this big free thing that's like super like, oh, wow, there's some some sort of engagement. Maybe they add story elements, some crazy story. And then I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to check you out. They would have to beep up the narrative a little bit for me. Yeah. Bring, Bring something to the table that wasn't already there. The thing is, we haven't even seen any of the mid-game to end-game content. Like, all the beasts and big monster yeah. hunts, we didn't even get to any of that. No, because everything so, else is a slog yeah. to get through. It made you want to go back to Fallout 4. That says a lot about how that game played. You really did, though. Versus... I remember going back to him and just going like, ah, none of the problems of Fallout 76 plague me in this game. Yeah. All right. Let's get to something I am excited to talk about my friends we touched on it on the last episode just a little bit we we talked about mortal kombat 11 they had a they had a cover art there and it felt weird because when we launched our last episode when i was listening to it i was just like oh well the reveal already happened yeah. <laughs> we're just talking about we don't know anything and it's yeah. like that's how time works man it's true we it's talked about the works. community event with the k yes and it happened and <laughs> it now happened. here we are here we are man number three nether realm hosted the first gameplay reveal event for mortal kombat 11 mm. And boy, was it a squelcher. So cool. Here's the media's details we learned from the reveal. The following fighters have been confirmed, with a K, to be in the game. Baraka, Garrus, Raiden, Scorpion, Scarlet, Sonya Blade, as played by Ronda Rousey. Hmm, interesting. And Sub-Zero. Oh, my okay. favorite. My favorite character, by the way. Shao Kahn will also serve as a pre-order bonus fighter. We knew about that beforehand. And MK3's Cabal was teased. And it's probably a safe bet that the time-bending antagonist, Chronica, will make the roster. Customization, with a K, is the name of the game. Players can equip different masks, costumes, weapons, and intros for their fighter and mix them up to their liking. We'll touch on that in a second. In-game meters have changed slightly, but seemingly for the better. Instead of building up one meter, as in previous games, you have three. One for offensive specials, another for defensive specials, and your fatal blow meter. While the latter is essentially MK9 and 10's x-ray attack, you only get to use it when your health is at 30%, making a cornered fighter much more dangerous. Actually, another detail is that you have, um, I forget what the name of it, it's like a a hard hit Mm -hmm. that essentially has x-rays littered throughout you just do a harder move than usual that does like a quicker x-ray but there's different ones for each character okay that's fucking cool and then the final blow is like a real like 
nasty kind of uh what do you want to call it hyper combo yeah exactly <laughs> yeah essentially all right so the next thing is the story picks up at the close of mortal Kombat 9 where raiden is happily removing shinnok's head from his body chronica shows up and plans on pitting combatants against different versions versions of themselves across mk history I cannot stress enough how fucking cool that idea is. Pretty fucking rad. MK11 will hold a beta on March 28th, exclusive to those that pre-order the game. They also announced a Mortal Kombat 11 Collector's Edition, also with a K, which includes a nice magnet of the logo. It's actually uh, gold, too. The premium edition of the game, the digital combat pack, including six additional DLC fighters, a steel bookcase, an authenticity plaque, in case somebody doesn't believe you have it. <laughs> and then a one-for-one replica of Scorpion's mask. Ooh. I actually, uh, I don't know if they said if it was a wearable thing or just like a statue situation. I don't think it's wearable. But no. the edition is exclusive to GameStop, and it will cost you $300 of your dollars. Of your dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's a price. I'm not going to pick that up. I've made the decision real quick. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I can make $300 go very far mm-hmm. in this life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You'll do it for a game like Resident Evil 2, but like Mortal Kombat. Well, hell, Resident Evil 2's Collector's Edition was 200 bucks. Okay. So I, I felt like if this was 200 bucks, I'd be like, oh, maybe. Like, I, you know, because it's around my birthday. I think 200 is a hard limit for me. 300 is definitely above my threshold. I, I would have to be crazy into it. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. not that crazy into it. But, 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 but this game I am crazy into. I watched a lot of the uh, the live reveal, a lot of the trailers. They showed off fatalities. They are fucking disgusting. Yeah. And I love, Ed Boon was talking about what makes fatalities work is a mixture of rhythm mm-hmm. and humor. The rhythm being like it usually happens in threes. One hit, two hit, and then the final blow Massive kill. Blow, yeah. yeah, most of the fatalities follow this structure, and that's something that they worked out recently, too, because old fatalities were just like, I uppercut you and you explode, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you remember back in the old yeah. games. <laughs> but yeah, it was so cool. And all of the fatalities, because like, I guess since time plays such a big factor in this, they all end with like a slow motion like kill. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I noticed that between all the fatalities. It's like you have a, a dude's face just like exploding in blood, shooting toward the camera like it was fucking Final Destination 3D. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great, dude. Did you did you see any of this, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, I showed I, you a little bit. I saw right? the trailer and then you showed me some extensive like tech demos here and there. It looks cool. Um, right. I'm, I'm super hyped for it. I like the starting eight roster and I think that what it's supposed to be 25 characters uh, around 25 yeah. 25 or like 30 i think I, my mind is like alive with who i want to see yeah. in the game who needs to be in there but uh i'm i'm hyped because it seems like they're delivering more of what they perfected with 10 content and, with a k yeah yeah <laughs> and uh brought brought on new additions things we've been asking right. for things you've been looking for in specific so yeah you remember i kept on going about like injustice 2's gear system i was like that's a neat idea mm-hmm. i want to see mortal Kombat take that on it's it's here it is here there are some worrisome things though I was listening to Kind of Funny Games Daily and Andrea Renee was at the reveal event and she was asking questions to developers and they wouldn't answer half of her fucking questions, mm-hmm. which was super like, you know, frustrating, but like understandable, even though the game is three months out. Uh, she noticed that there was like little little dollar signs and such or like just just some sort of money that seemed to be tethered to the unlocking of some of this, these gear sets. Mm-hmm. And she was like, so there's in-game currency. Is that going to play into microtransactions? And they weren't ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, WB Games uh, is a publisher for this. They, I think I believe they even own NetherRealm. Mm-hmm. And they did uh, Middle Earth, the sequel, yep. Shadow, what was it, Shadow, Shadow of War. War. Yep. And that was the one that had all that 
controversy surrounding like the the orc microtransaction shit and i'm just like damn dude you think you would have learned a little bit of a lesson because like that could go real wrong that Mm in-game economy thing where it just feels like you know it's too much of a grind to unlock the shit that you want or Mm -hmm. you end up unlocking shit that you don't want you don't have enough in-game fun like it sucks i i just feel like that can be abused too hard so i really want I respect NetherRealm. I just hope they would also, in kind, dial back, but make it make sense. Like and if it if it's shit that like MK10 had fucking the easy fatalities that you could pay for. Okay, yeah. So I was gonna ask, was there anything like that like laid into MK10? Yeah, that shit's like a little like ugh, okay. where you could do like a two button fatality or something, which is like a neat little okay. idea. But you know, it cost in game points that you can also buy with real world money, and okay. it was just like. That's lame. Now, my thing with this is the customization. Is it strictly cosmetic? Does it give you any player advantage? They haven't revealed too much about it. I mean, like, uh, they did say that at least for the single-player components, there is stat advantages to the different gear sets. Okay. So that could fuck up online. Yeah. But I feel like the answer to that is it wouldn't have any stat effects online okay. if you're doing competitive That's what play. I'd hope. I think she asked about that too in that same yeah. interview and they couldn't say anything I, about I, it. Honestly, I'm so sorry. Save roommates. I'm a bad journalist. I forget how Injustice 2 handled that dilemma, but I think it was kind of like either they nerfed your abilities or your abilities just didn't happen in some yeah. in some matched sets. So, I don't know. Otherwise, the customization looks fucking yeah. cool. I know. Shit. The different versions of like Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Oh and my God, you're seeing like... The ninjas were my favorite, yeah. dog. Same. You know, the, the ninjas, ninjas were my absolute- and the cyborgs for me yeah exactly exactly oh sector cyrax i hope i hope the 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 cyborgs come back in some form or fashion they have to because if it takes place after mk9 and there's time travel like please give me robo smoke yes (laughs) please give me rain give me all yeah i know but yeah it does look cool and and like i love the different costumes i love the concept behind it it looks super gory Mm -hmm. and it seems like they the mechanical uh subtleties that they're changing up like the 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 meter system these are cool shakeups to it, you know? So they're not resting on their laurels. I love that they kind of, like, do this, take whatever learnings from, like, an Injustice game or vice versa mm-hmm. from a Mortal Kombat game, use that as the experiment ground refine, and then the next game that comes out is, like, the better four. It's great when studios have that advantage of, like, off-cycling, like, franchises, yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Naughty Dog ba- bouncing back and forth between like The Last of Us and Uncharted, learning from what they did there. It only makes for better products both ways. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm glad that Injustice Two happened because like ooh we wouldn't be getting quite the Mortal Kombat that we're getting. Yeah, otherwise. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because I even asked a question like when I played Ten, I was like, yeah, I don't know how you like top this. Really, mm-hmm. like this is this is really good. Because like as much as I love Nine, and I think it's still my favorite, just because it's like has that MK trilogy style mm-hmm. of having everyone's here yeah. style to it. Uh, I think Mortal Kombat 10 is a better game. The okay. changes that they made made it better. It was brutal, had a great story, had a cool concept, and took some risk. It was just like, hey, we're not going to give you every fighter. We're going to show you different shit. I think this one's doing the same, where it's okay. like, it's your favorite fighters, but it's also some newcomers are going to fuck it up. Garrus looks great. Yeah, where he plays with like the sands of time as his attacks. Right? He's making fucking like hammers that come out of the sky and crushing people's uh, uh, chest. It looks nuts. Oh, holy shit. What do you feel about having like kind of Scarlet in there as like the lead? Villain? Oh, going from graduated from DLC yep. and turning into uh, straight up uh, uh, on disc roster player. That's, I kind of like that's it. a glow up. Son. Yeah, she was such a cool character in MK9. I'm so glad they brought her back. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think she would be a cool shake up. I like where this is going. I love what they do. Their yeah. story modes are always cool too, man. That's the big thing that they that separates them from other fires. 
fighters, I should say, mm. is that they spend so much tr- time trying to make the single player experience really cool mm-hmm. uh, for for players. So it isn't just a game where it's like, oh yeah, you get good online, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. I think Capcom falls into that trapping, and they they still haven't figured out how to retain players in that way. But like the Tower of Time is what now the Challenge Towers are called. Oh, dope! I love Tower of Time. That's yes. fucking great. The Challenge Towers are always the best. Yeah, those are back. Yeah. That's gonna be cool. Now, if there's gear unlocks, tether challenges to that. Oh, you mm. got me, baby! You got yeah. me playing this year round. Because it, it's a never-ending gameplay loop of like yeah. getting better and challenging yourself with different fighter sets. I kind of get bored playing like two person. Mm-hmm. So like the narrative and single player experience, especially with how depth and the variety of modes like there is to it, like it has me in it for like days on end. Because yeah. it's just like I want to get through it all. <laughs> Yo, we got really hard in MK9. We talk about that mm-hmm. in here and there on the show. But we we I think I almost got the platinum for that game. You got way closer. You actually got one that I I didn't even have one trophy at now. Yeah, we were racing towards it, and then after a while, I was like, I want to play something. It was else. too much. There yeah, there's yeah. some online trophies where we were like, fuck that. And actually, one of the trophies required you to like do every move of every character or some shit like that. Yeah, it was a little much. There were not like, gonna happen. Almost what twenty to thirty characters? There were a lot. Yeah, it wasn't gonna happen. Somebody actually estimated the hours, and it was stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. But I don't know. I like the tail end of that game and how it kind of supported itself. I, we were talking earlier. Hmm. We want to play with us uh, talk together, yeah, weird, me, right? You, yeah. Daniel, not what? recorded though. Um, <laughs> oh, that's true. When we were talking about how we wanted to get into Mortal Kombat X to kind of like warm ourselves up a little bit. Yeah, I'll plug it in, man. You got yeah. the Xenomorph and the Predator in that shit. What? You want me to spool that shit up tonight? I'll kind do it, of, son. Fucking do it, man. I'll fucking turn it on. I want to see how much it is on the PSN because you were telling me back in like, December it was like five. Bucks. It was five dollars for yeah. XL. Yeah, for like all of the fighters and everything, man. Save romance, I falter. I'm sorry. I'm not like huge into fighting games. Yeah, well, I like, falter too. It's okay. Uh, it's a time place. I think when this one comes out, I'm going to want to play this way more than I'm going to think about 10. I so. mean, exactly. Yeah. 11 is going to be the shit, okay? Yeah. We need to be on 11. Be on it with me. I'll, I'll, I'll take it to 11 with you, brother. All right, that's the promise. <laughs> we'll, we'll both get on 11's dick. Yeah. Who? What are some other characters you're mm-hmm. like super excited for? Like, do you think we're going to see... Yeah, what's up? Like... Nightwolf or Goro as a playable character. Nightwolf, that's a good call. Yeah. Um, Goro, Goro would be neat. I think Goro is definitely a, a mainstay nobody gets mad about. Yeah. Um, for me, Smoke. Okay. They fucking egregiously killed Smoke in the story of MK9. He didn't show up. I mean, he quasi showed up as that combination cyborg character from mm-hmm. MK9. Uh, or, I'm sorry, MK10. Cool, but like I need Smoke by himself. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's my second favorite ninja character. The first being Sub Zero. Okay, yeah, I could I could get behind that. I want that, and I want you know, a lot, reptile of course. Yes. Again, my my love is for the ninja characters. They're all great. There's something about the mask and the color scheme, and they're they're yeah. all unique. They all play differently. Yeah, but dude, do some weird <laughs> shit. Bring back some MK4 characters, man. Reiko. <laughs> That'd be cool. Bring back uh uh what Tanya. Tanya was great. She was mm. an MK9 as DLC. Bring her back. Okay. Good shit right there. What about um guest characters? Oh because the DLC is gonna have six fighters. Guest characters for this generation. Yeah, dude. Who do you want? Who do you want? Who do you want? Ooh, I gotta think about that for a second. Okay, let me tell you. I I think the they've done a lot of horror characters, mm-hmm. and we're missing only two that I think would are pivotal. Uh, Michael Myers, I think, could be a playable character. Okay. And Ash Williams from The Evil Dead would be an awesome addition. That would be really cool. I think he fits really, really that well. That plays in that. very well with, like, dimensions yeah. and the whole feel of the game. Exactly. He just fits the tone of it really well. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm here yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really fucking dope. But I'm not the first one to have said it. But I'm mm-hmm. the. I'm the one who needs it. I can't really pull from it like any of Mortal Kombat's history itself. Like I hope yeah. all the characters that I've played in like nine and love growing up are in this game. Obviously. Um, Rain. I want of, Rain back. Oh, I want Rain so bad. His fucking like his water attacks are so dope, They're nasty. So and then good. lightning. He just does like my dude is so bamf. Like he just so, does a pose and lightning kills you. It's great. So fucking good. But in terms of like a noob cyber. <laughs> you can't not have new sidewalk just put them all in the game just ed, put them all in the game man ed, ed boone do it for us I, I, everyone's here he just shows up and goes, everyone's here <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god now i am i'm excited for it the fatalities look really really raw i'm yeah i'm excited to see some of the stage fatalities yeah those are always my favorite yes yes bring back friendships too did man. they say they were going to i didn't hear anything like uh, that okay I would back. I would have been. I would have been running through the streets, screaming into the Seattle skies. Cruncher! You would have got a tattoo across your chest in a fancy Mortal Kombat font. Oh, I love it. Cool. I I hope you get it, man, because I want to. I want to get down in the sky no, for it, sure. It, it'll be the Please. phenomenon for us that nine was where. It, I'll just get into yeah. it because I think when we didn't talk about any of the blood, it's really, really, really gory. God, it's really fucking. They got gory blood this time. physics and gore right. Really, dis- it's so weird looking at my Twitter timeline and seeing so many people's heads bursting and eyeballs flying oh out. Sub Zero shit is ridiculous, dude. What he does with his axe, just like in game, his fucking ice axe. He's grinding people's faces. It's pretty nuts. Fucking Baraka ripping people's faces off. Ooh, ooh brutalities are back. By the way, yes. if you remember brutalities from Part Ten, they perfected it. Okay, in, in that. That when you do a certain special move at the end of the match, it does an instant kill where it knocks their head off or cuts them in half or something. So it's a normal move that becomes fatal. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love it. They brought him back. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Oh, you know who I want back? Frost. Frost. Frost was uh, a disciple, or sorry, is that right? Disciple of Sub-Zero. Okay, she was yeah. part of the Lin Kuei, but she was an asshole. She betrayed the Lin Kuei. Hmm. So she's interesting. She's not necessarily a, a good a good hero fighter of Earthrealm. Well, yeah. some of these characters we've come to find out aren't always good themselves. Raiden Raiden's, is a bad guy. Uh, what, what? He's been a bad With guy what? in like three of the games or something. I like that bent though. And Liu Kang was killed and then he came back as a zombie and then he came back as evil and now he looks like he's a good guy again. Okay. So that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now let's get on to the main event, buddy. We got to talk about some shit. We got ourselves a story that happened a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about it on a podcast very, very near. Actually, where's EA? They're in California, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's not that far. Never mind. <laughs> Here we go, guys. EA has canceled its open world Star Wars game. Kotaku's Jason Schreier, a name we mentioned so much that we probably owe him some sort of royalty at this point, reported last Tuesday that three people in the know say Electronic Arts has canceled its open-world Star Wars project. The game was announced in 2017, at the same time EA killed Visceral Games. EA Vancouver was developing the game. That first section makes me mad. It's a gamer. It's a crime against gamers. Just all of this. Just everything. Just is not great. Wait, Jason Trier makes you mad? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think he's a very endearing, lovely man. He brings he's, us the news. Yo. Anyway, he makes the news. Yeah. <laughs> not to say that it's made up. I just feel like he has some sort of cosmic 
like pool in the universe just create events i don't know how i don't know why but i love it <laughs> ea was pre- uh, previously assisting visceral on ragtag the code name for the action adventure star wars game amy hennig was directing when visceral closed the vancouver office took over the project but rebooted the concept entirely with only some art assets retained during the game's open world transformation schreier says these uh these cool in the know people recoded named the project orca and that it centered around playing as a scoundrel or bounty hunter exploring various worlds and working with different factions ea reportedly harpooned orca in favor of a smaller scale star wars game that can release much earlier than an open world endeavor something planned for late 2020 Jason noted this happens to be close to when next-gen consoles are supposed to launch, although he heard those plans are, quote, definitely still in flux, end quote. Jason also wrote, quote, to EA's credit, those people said the publisher did not lay anyone off as a part of this transition, end quote. I think that was, that's important to note. I yes. think that's good. That's good shit. Anyway, uh, not, not that I'm just like, you know, apologizing for EA. EA, uh, they do cr- game, like mm-hmm. they do crime against gamers sometimes, you know what I'm saying? They've done me some of the biggest disservices, but if they can move their team from one project to another, mm-hmm. keep them there, keep them in house. Yeah, good shit. That's cool. Yeah. So we'll get to the vitriol. <laughs> it's coming, baby. Following the publication of Kotaku's story, EA responded with a statement. Here's me reading that statement. Quote, there's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects. As a natural part of the creative process, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We're fully committed to making more Star Wars games. We're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn, and we'll share more about our new projects when the time is right. Kind of Funny Games Daily's own Gary Witta made some headlines in response to cancellation. I, I just honestly forgot that, like, I, I'm so used to seeing uh, Widow Wednesdays yes. on Kind of Funny and just having him come in as this gregarious, cantankerous old man. <laughs> it, he has very slanted views on the video game industry because he comes from a different industry all, yeah, all to itself. for but sure. He gets the conversation at least, but... But I love yeah. it. I love it because you can just transpose yourself. Like he just doesn't know certain things mm-hmm. and he asks the right questions yeah. about almost everything. And it's like, oh shit. And some things he just flat out doesn't care about mm-hmm. and I respect yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it, dude. But he's the rogue one. He's the rogue so one himself, He's got to have a way in here. Oh, he weighs. He weighed in pretty heavily. I remember watching that. It was awesome. I just yeah. didn't expect it to turn into headlines for like three different sites. Because <laughs> we forget that he's known in other yeah, exactly. realms of film and elsewhere. I, I blew your mind the other day when I told you he uh, wrote Book of Eli. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? I love that movie. That's we should great. watch that soon. Anyway, the Rogue One himself called EA's handling of the Star Wars license, quote, an embarrassment, end mm. quote. Multiple articles, and now us... Plus, a Jedi Order of Jilted fans loved this quote. Quote, I would just take the license away from EA because it's been catastrophically mismanaged. End quote. He also said, quote, if I was an EA shareholder, I'd be fucking furious. He's not fucking wrong, though. He's not wrong, He's dude. not wrong. Like, this, these statements wrong. come from a place of love because he loves Star Wars. Right, exactly. And he wants to see it done justice exactly exactly (laughs) now to put in the context ea saga began in 2013 when they bought the exclusive rights from disney to publish star wars games for 10 years to date ea has published two star wars games battlefront and battlefront 2 and canceled two others if nothing else at least there's balance in the force (laughs) wow how do we want to walk our way through this 
Oh, buddy. I would say we play it like Han and shoot first. Okay. EA shouldn't have this fucking license anymore. I agree. This this license should have been sprinkled across different developers so that we could have actually gotten cool projects off of the ground. Mm -hmm. The problem with modern day EA is that they don't really... They don't make games like that. They don't make the kind of games like Amy Hennig was going for, mm-hmm. you know? Of course they wanted an open world game. They wanted they wanted these recurring kind of like uh what do you call those? The 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 I always forget the name when you go to a casino and you pull it. Oh, it's like the, the slot fu- machine. The slot mach- <laughs> yeah, they want that in recurring yeah. engagement from people. They don't want it to just be like they're the ones who said, you know, famously, single-player experiences are dead. They want long-term retention with people. Yeah. And the way they feel they can do it is with these fucking either cash-grab systems or open-world games. So for me, it's like it, that doesn't fit their business yeah. model anymore. And that's why Battlefront and Battlefront 2 got off the ground. Because that did. They wanted to make this kind of story last, multiplayer first, mm-hmm. definitely microtransaction-driven kind of experiences. And they got slapped on the wrist real hard after the uh fan feedback from battlefront 2 even one like it's weird like i'm in a bubble surrounding that game because i that was right place right time for me when the force awakens came out i was riding the star wars high and i'm like this Mm. game hits for me even though there isn't a a single player story maybe they'll get it right with two but everybody around us was like this game sucks it's not what we want i didn't pick it up man i've seen that that battlefront 2 on sale so many times like even at 7.99 i was just like i don't know dude i enjoyed part one but it was totally surface. Mm-hmm. There was no meat in that game for me. There was just a lot of the same stuff, which is random shooting at stuff. E- even the cool things where it's like playing as Luke and the other star characters. Wasn't that cool? It didn't feel right. I don't know. The heroes mode was kind of cool. Or heroes versus villains. Yeah. Like that was fun. But like I get like there wasn't a level of polish to how like Vader. Exactly. The polish wasn't there for even. me on that one. So they got slapped on the wrist very hard for mm-hmm. what happened with part two where uh, I'm hearing that Disney bitched them out. Saying, like, you need to fix this shit. You yeah. need to dial back. And then they removed all that shit from the game. All the loot box kind of style things. Cause was, yeah, it's crazy. The year that happened was not EA's year between, like, them shuddering Visceral and then getting no. media flack for all that. But it's just like, oh, What do you think it was? Why do you think they pushed so hard in it? Do you think that these, like, Disney, Lucas films, Lucas Arts properties are just so much to, like, have? Yes. And they need to make a massive return quick. <laughs> yes, that. that's exactly it. Yeah. Getting that license was not cheap. They, that was not a cheap license grab. That They got it for 10 years. Star Wars is a license to print money. It's proven that throughout mm. history since 1977. You know, from the merchandise, from the, the comic books, the toys especially, yes. a lot of the games when LucasArts was fucking railing off these goddamn hits after hits you know it's a license to print money and especially with the new movies too where Mm -hmm. it's like fuck no they're breaking records every time they launch a new goddamn tepid movie yeah (laughs) we'll get into that in a second but uh yeah so for ea to kind of not be able to harness that because it seems like they're stuck on their own bullshit about like how do we how do we recoup very quickly Mm -hmm. And almost in a predatory manner. Yeah, that's a bad look right there, man. It feels like the right thing to have done was to make that Amy Hennig Star Wars game. But they looked at it and they're just like, this doesn't fit our model right now. And then you, you gotta wonder. 
We have other examples with how they handled other studios. Mm-hmm. Look at Bioware, for instance. I think Andromeda definitely suffered from a lot of fractured ideas mm-hmm. and decision making, and EA trying to push maybe for it to be one certain thing, you know. And that's 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 kind of endemic, you know. It, this is no longer the EA that was doing the Mass Effect original trilogy or no. or greenlighting Dead Space One, you know, and Dead Space Two and shit, it, or handling cool license stuff even. Like right. They, it seems like such a far walk away from all that. Right. They, I think they don't they, take risks no, anymore. They needed to alternate, like we're saying, like. Battlefront one, cool. Let that happen. Maybe do a single player narrative experience mm-hmm. in in between there. Then alternate with the multiplayer. Kind of go back and forth so you have like a demographic that you can have for every audience. But like you give it time, you give it to other developers. Oh, you yeah. don't try and do it all in a house. <laughs> no, it, it, it's just such a weird. And yeah. for Disney to just be like, yeah, we'll just give it the EA. Like I get it, I get it. When you when when you go from like business to business and you look at the industry mm-hmm. and you're like, these are top dogs. I was gonna say like, I know this game for the years safest, and years. Safest bet otherwise, Activision. Like they have to. Look look at like the biggest yeah. publishers in the Americas to make this right. happen. And so for Disney, it probably just looked like a great idea in paper. It was like, hey, they're a powerhouse. They're mm-hmm. going to handle it right. They're going to make us some games over the 10 years and fantastic. Everyone uh, shakes hands and uh, smokes cigars afterward. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out that way because EA just was tripping over its own fucking foot. I, I would be furious. Instead of like pudding. At- footin'. Footin'. Putin. Putin. Okay. Yeah. No, I'd be furious if I was a stakeholder or somebody that worked for Disney or Lucas Arts itself. Like, what are you doing with our properties? <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, I would be. Confi- I would be like, how did you not get two games a year out every year already? I was gonna say it's. You know, we're nearing year six. They've only put out two games. Both were right. kind of commercial and critical flops. I think they made money, but it did not where it could have. Uh, could have been and then like a really a lot of the controversy surrounding the games well, especially part two is what fucking stymied it i think the know? first one probably raked in the yeah. most and the second one did not now, do well. now i will say people like i felt like this was just an excuse for them to remember that they were mad at ea mm-hmm. for having this license because i don't think anybody really i mean nobody really knew what this open world game was going to be they kind of half announced it back in 2017 but people were like oh okay we're not excited for whatever you're going to do but then they got mad when it got canceled and i'm just like yo i don't think you orca yeah, Orca, I mean to say. Okay. I don't think you care about it to that degree. No, see, like, I was... It's not like 1313 getting shelved. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me just put that in perspective. That actually broke my heart. Yeah. That game looked immaculate. Respawn's still out there working on something, too, right? Or yes. was that supposed That's to Jedi be? That's Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. We haven't seen anything about that. We okay. don't know what it is, but... I have some hope because I think Respawn is definitely uh, a powerhouse unto themselves. I think so too. I love the shit out of Titanfall too. Yeah, they showed us that they could do something way different with that. Learning yeah. from what happened with Titanfall One and yeah. building a better sales. IP. Be damned! That is a very good game. Yeah, in an idealist world where like I could see every sort of game I want made, yeah. the Amy Henning one was like the golden That's the one. goose egg for me. Like just yeah. getting her on an uncharted style, kind of on the rails narrative set in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. As this bounty hunter sounded so fucking cool. No wonder what it was, man. He got to see some of that game. And he was like, it looked really fucking cool. Like, to push Amy Henning off of a project and, like, basically have her start her own thing. Like, you had to have done something bad. You had to have really mishandled You really this. have to have fucked up to get her to be like, that's it. Yeah. Hands up in the air. She Fuck went, y'all. She went independent because of Ian. Yo, and she like, saw some, she saw whatever happened at the end of the Naughty Dog years and was like, nope, bye. <laughs> yeah, I think she was smart to do it because obviously it didn't work out, man. But it's a bummer because we would have gotten a really strong gameplay. I know. I know. Like, for sure. On all fronts, it would have it would have nailed. That That's kind of the experience that I wanted uh, yeah. from Star Wars. I don't, like, okay, Battlefront, cool. Cool, 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 cool. I like Battlefront. But that's, it's, again, it's kind of surfacey to me. I want something that that's really story heavy because that's what works for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I want to see something that 
isn't so steeped in what we already know. Mm-hmm. I want to see something like kind of what Emmy Emmy Hennig was doing. Like, hey, smugglers are up front as the main characters. That's a cool idea. Yeah. I want to see the underworld of Star Wars. Well, we want to see something that kind of treads away from like the Skywalker saga entirely. That too. That like, too. Step away from that mythos and just do something totally agree. cool and offbeat set in the universe. <laughs> Take chances. Can we talk about... Like, that's why I like Shadows of the Empire. Granted, it was based off of like a comic mm-hmm. series at that point, but it ventured to do something different while using like... It was ambitious as fuck. It used characters within the, the universe. It did, it did. So. It had those callbacks, and yeah. like it's something that we see throughout a lot of extended media in Star Wars, mm-hmm. but then there's these few things that just shine, kind of like the Darth Bane trilogy of books that take place way in the past of Star Wars and kind okay. of focus on the, um, the restructuring of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one book what was it The Rule of Two that book is amazing I've heard like nothing but good things about it that it is fucking amazing I want to see more Star Wars shit like that my dog mm-hmm. you know what I don't want to see shit like Solo oh man <laughs> it came out on Netflix you were vastly disappointed by I, that movie and I waited for it because I knew I didn't want to pay for it <laughs> I saw it in theaters I thought it was a, a fun time but in retrospect it, none it, of it really holds together it bored too the shit out of me dude so yeah. I I just I will say this it's not like Disney shit doesn't stink uh, I liked Force Awakens mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Rogue One I really did I know you you don't feel the same for, for some pretty good reasons though I think a lot of the prequel stuff is so like ancillary we don't need it we've already had so much of like we're going on nine movies in a saga right now. Like, step mm-hmm. away from these characters. We already know who they are. That's the thing. That, that's my point about Solo. Yeah. Like, I, I actually feel where you're coming from with Rogue One, although that was kind of like an original cast, and I found that but more intriguing. I like the kind of the team they introduced and the class of, like, Jedi and androids and all that. Yeah. It was, it was very well handled, but it's just like, I don't need a story that tells me... What you know the, is going to happen about, anyway. About getting the plans for the Death Star. I know this shit happens. Prequels, like, tell, by and large, are not that interesting, man. And not Solo, always. I don't give a shit how he made, met Chewie, dude. Like, that's a comic book at best, yeah. not a movie. Well, you're grasping at straws to kind of, like, hard fit it into the lineage of these movies. There's just so many weird decisions. And I had to laugh so much. I just got to tell you about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoilers, motherfuckers. Uh, Darth Maul shows up at the end of the movie, but he shows up as, like, a hologram. And he's talking to one of the main characters in the movie and, like, is getting all threatening. And it it reminded me it just felt like that movie just respects the audience it, the respects the audience's intelligence so little <laughs> that it was like oh by the way <laughs> he fucking takes out his lightsaber he, he grabs it from off screen in his little hologram thing and he turns it down like on while sitting and talking to her to be like obviously threatening and obviously like call back the fact that oh he's darth maul audience he's darth maul that's your visual cue that's darth maul right there because he's got double bladed lights and it's just like this movie hates people <laughs> this movie thinks that star wars fans are the stupidest motherfuckers that's what i felt like in solo i was just like do you, what the hell yeah that that's really ham-fisted <laughs> that's my solo review some okay. people are like oh it's silly and fun and i'm just like i th- i just think it treats its audience like an idiot <laughs> yeah it definitely does i think it gets like it's star wars flavored and some of its like gimmickiness i'll give it that but i like vaguely I, star wars flavor yeah but i like the sort of offbeat adventures that they go yeah. on like, like i said before i like stories set in this universe sure they did some of that i don't want like it could have been anybody but han 
Yeah. So the point of that venture is that Amy Hennig's project mm-hmm. was something that we haven't really seen from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. For everything that I was hearing, an uncharted Star Wars featuring smugglers and mm-hmm. bounty hunters. It kind of sounded like 1313, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, that's fucking cool. And George Lucas himself is the one who ruined 1313 before it got canceled. He walked in and mandated that uh, the star of the game, which they already written and even had a voice actor for, was like, oh, that's going to be Boba Fett now. And everyone was like, George, we can't just do that. And he was like, but make it happen. This is oh, this wow. game is about Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. You can't that, do that. That's why we saw trailers that didn't feature that. But the entire team at LucasArts knew that they had to pivot around it being Boba Fett at some point. <laughs> so right before it got canceled, they had like one, I think, one key art with him on the cover of it. Wow. And I'm just like, no, stop this. This is what I hate. This is what I hate about Solo. This is what I hate about the, EA, the shit that EA's already done. You were so steeped in just trying to recall all the things of Star Wars rather than doing something new with it. Well, even with that, too, like, you can't tell a team to hard shift mid-development cycle. No. That's kind of probably why Ragtag fell apart. It was supposed to be kind of like a mm-hmm. more linear, narrative-driven Star Wars game. EA comes and make it open world, make it yeah. bigger, make it more expansive. Oh, don't walk away. I've been like, fuck you. Heading leaves, they transfer it to a new team, and it suddenly becomes really hard to manage and do, so they cancel it. I would have been like, <laughs> like, I would understand if it was like, no, this is actually a better direction because what you have is floundering. What they had wasn't floundering. It yeah. was fucking cool. It was just somebody going and be like, we think this will make more money. Bye. <laughs> fuck that shit. So yeah, I agree. I don't think EA should be the only one having this license, and I don't think Disney would be out of their realm to say, hey, we're going to end this contract early. I wouldn't mind if that happened at all, because, like, what, we have four or five more years of them floundering with it? Right. They really have to step it up. They have to do something bigger. They have to make a return. But if you remember when Disney first acquired Star Wars, their whole thing, like, when they shut down LucasArts, was that we're going to focus on mobile games because console games are expensive and Mm -hmm. stupid to make. I feel like them getting out of bed with EA is gonna. We're just gonna see that for a while. We're not gonna see those big experiences that that fans want. Okay. You know, they're gonna go for what makes money and what makes sense rather than what's cool. <laughs> you know, I think they are going to maybe look towards a bigger publisher though. I wouldn't be surprised if like they looked at Activision. Like if they looked at Acti, you, you do big numbers with Call of Duty. You, you were doing things with Bungie. You tried there. You tried. Do something with us. I, I, I think the way they approach it is a la carte. I, I, I think mm. they shouldn't just go get into bed with a single publisher and depend on them to make these games. I think they should definitely take it as a use case like Marvel Games has mm. been doing, where it's just like, this studio, Montreal, is going to do this shit. Mm. This studio out here, Insomniac, is going to take care of this. Makes the most sense. You like lessen the load by spreading it out. How do we strong-arm Nintendo into making a fucking Marvel game? We did it, goddammit! Right. You know? to go, go about it like that, man. Could you imagine a cool, cool Jedi power battles kind of like game on the switch versus a big old like 1313 kind of game on consoles like this is what well, should be happening that's for what this Star franchise Wars fans deserve though exactly. we deserve like varied treatments by capable hands exactly he man he doesn't have to manhandle and mismanage at all like yeah fuck it give them the shooter give another studio another right team right exactly and- i'm not opposed to them handling like what they know yeah but like them trying to figure out like what else can we do while still making money nah, 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 fuck this mm-hmm. it's, it's stymied at this point but this does beg the question and this leads us to kind of well, our quick topic of the night okay we're bringing back an old favorite which is to say it's only mine and daniel's favorite but we've done it a handful of times across a handful of episodes and started on the very first one it did actually yeah. we're bringing back game pitch that's where we come up with a game despite the fact we don't know how to make them here the fuck we go okay. <laughs> we're just two boys that know what we like that's it that's it <laughs> that's it so daniel give me your pitch 
It could be any studio, any publisher, any combination of your dream Star Wars games that you want to see. So I have a twofer because I believe in that sort of uh, back and forth philosophy. So I will give you my two. I have. I two. believe in the rule of threes, but okay. Okay, yeah, it's different. A Sith <laughs> would do the rule of two. I would, you know. Everybody's got a little evil in them. Oh, ooh. Mm. But so I have two, this is weird. two sets of, of games I'm going to talk about yeah. here. Because um, I feel like they need to capitulate, have a sort of money-making thing, and a different sort of thing. Okay. So... I would love to see a Warner Brothers Rocksteady sort but, of. By the way, they would compromise. They would compromise. Because capitulate means to say that like they, they lost the war. Well, <laughs> it's been a licensing just, war for Disney and true. Star Wars. That's so, true. You know, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> but I, okay, so my first one here, I want to see sort of like a Warner Brothers Rocksteady type treatment. That was my idea. That was your idea? Yeah. Okay. Well, fuck you. Well, how'd you get that What's idea? your version? Just kind of that set in that sort of like, Closed-circuited open world collectathon, inter- interacting with characters and, okay. and things about it. Yeah, you could probably hit me with something harder. I'm gonna hit you harder with because yeah. I, I thought about this idea. Fuck, that was yeah. actually like the only game that I'd really be like super into because really? I was like, hey, you know, do something like what they how they treated Lord of the Rings and yes. Batman and shit, which is give me that. But you play as a Jedi. I would want it to be Jedi. I don't want it to be Obi Wan, by the way. That mm-hmm. seems like an easy answer. An easy out, yeah. I mean, if that's the way that we get this game made, fine. Mm-hmm. Get you and McGregor on the phone. Yeah. I don't give a shit. But you star as a Jedi, and it has that same counter-based, fluid, rhythmic action that Batman was known for. Yes. I want that with different lightsaber combinations. Do dual bladed, do single bladed, and shit. But make it like a real like Kill Bill meets Star Wars situation where it's like rooms of forty dudes coming at you. Yes. Kind of like what Force Awakens touched upon, but that game got so caught up in its own physics that it just it didn't focus on one okay. thing or another, I think. But it, it, still, I love those games. Mm-hmm. I still love those games. But this one would be so fucking rad, and then you can kind of go through, like you're saying, like we're in Corsicant or something, maybe something like that, mm-hmm. where we're like in these closed-circuited things where you meet people, attack people, use your Force powers to unlock different parts of the level or solve puzzles. See, that's what I was thinking. Bingo. Like the, yeah. the weapon and ability sets that Arkham gave you that helped yeah. you progress through the world would fit so well in a Star Wars game. Exactly. Especially if you streamline like seamless combat and combos, like... Mm-hmm. it's all there right and maybe it's like a jedi like maybe he he is classically trained but then like he kind of lost it and then as he starts to learn it again that explains why he's getting like more powerful force attacks mm-hmm. and different like weapon combinations i want the lead character to be an asshole jedi. yes i love that kind of like an anti-hero yeah black coat. Okay. i think kyle could turn or whether it was kind of like that from okay. the uh oh jedi academy game hmm. whatever it, i lost it there's too many jedi combinations of games out there okay it's like five subtitles for every star wars game <laughs> <laughs> that or my other pitch would be uh hey bioware already made a star wars game yeah old republic ea kind of owns them why wouldn't why wouldn't you give it to them first crack yes. first shot dude i mean they have the competency and they have the know-how yeah. without already yeah but but then again i i could understand they were probably like you know balls deep in fucking up andromeda mm-hmm. and just couldn't prior prioritize that you know what i'm saying maybe maybe that was it but no that's cool i, I, I kind of fuck with that i would fuck with that too. I, w- I would lean harder into your first and my first as well because like yeah i feel like warner brothers and rocksteady like warner brothers can handle licensed games mm-hmm I think they're the one of the perfect contenders to take it on. I think so too, yeah. man. I think they they've proven it time and time again, man. Yeah. Mad Max, Lord of the Rings, Batman, they're fucking it up, son. If they do that Harry Potter game, exactly. I That's why I'm hyped for the Harry Potter game because I know it's in capable hands. And they're going to do very cool things with yeah. its systems and gameplay loops and I love fuck. It. 
I love it. What's your second one, dude? Uh, well, I had a second one tied into that one as well. It's, I, I keeping it in the Warner Brothers family. Sequels. I thought it would be cool to me. It'll never happen. A fighter <laughs> game. Give it. Give it to Nether Realm. Let them fuck around with Star Wars a little bit. Do something okay. crazy. It's it's a far. We stretch. only trust Nether Realm with fighting games these days, apparently. Yeah, because <laughs> they they haven't done me dirty ever. <laughs> they need to expand their team. Yeah. Like, Post haste, because we want their horror fighting game, and then this now. <laughs> it would be cool. Like just yeah. All different fighters from all different canons of Star Wars just in there going at it. No, I totally agree. I would yeah. be 100% on board with that. What what character, like it, the characters, give it to me. What do you want? What do you want to see? I mean, Darth Maul would be cool. Boba yeah. Fett, if you needed to have like a distance fighter. Maybe have a, like a Wamba in there as a brute. <laughs> Wamba a brute. I love uh, it. Yeah. A I would, floaty I would, droid. Floaty droid want... could be a character. The, you know, remember from... Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, the fucking black uh, droids. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I want more, like, more melee base. Like, you know, get more uh, force wielders and lightsaber wielders in there. You want some more forcers. Yeah, get some enforcers in there. (laughs) Get some forces i like that i want poe dameron poe dameron yeah and like where every time you do button imprints or Mm -hmm. like uh, button inputs he just ignores your commands i wouldn't mind uh god this is gonna make people hate me but general grievous from the prequels nobody would hate you for that because i think he he would play so well the thing is four-armed goro type people don't want to watch the prequels but they don't mind being in the world of the prequels i've noticed i don't at all yeah. See Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer. Uh huh. It's working. It's working. Actually, that's my other second pitch. Just bring back Pod Racer. Again. Yeah. Just oh, fucking remake yeah. it. Put it on the just Switch. Remake. Twenty bucks. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Make I, it fast paced. Make it fucking great. Make it. There you go. We want that, man. I would Do fuck it. with it. I would I'd so fuck, fuck with, with it. it. Or hell, any 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 kind of successor, the Rogue Squadron would fucking nail it for me. You know, I don't because Battlefront isn't quite that, man. No, but they had it in there. They had um, with some of their DLCs, <sighs> they had like, um, well, even in the main game, they had like a TIE fighter or X-Wing simulator. And then if you got a certain amount of kills, you could fly the Millennium Falcon or the, the I know, Slave one. but so it that was cool. wasn't the same, no, 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 man, because no. like the game was built around, you know, well, they, they, doing these runs over cities, blowing up the stuff. trench runs. Yeah, they, yeah. They expanded it. in I think the third DLC It was actually okay. pretty good it, for fan- the first game. Yeah, fans who were like okay. hardcore diehards of like the original Battlefront games for mm-hmm. like, you know, PS2, they're like, this feels like what we remember. I like so, it. I it was like good. It. Separate set of ideas here. Okay, you got some, you got some uh, rapid fires here? As, as I said, it was like a twofer. Okay. You I already like, gave me a fighting game. What do you mean? I feel like this could be a cash grab for them. Could work. Yeah. Do you like it like an isometric type Star Wars game? Much like Jedi Power Battles. Jedi Power Battles or like Ultimate Alliance. Do it like kind of like that. Yeah, and put it on the Switch. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bring back Jedi Power Battles, man. But give me give me Rey and Kylo. Give me give me Sam Sam Jackson. Oh my god. Yeah, give me Mace yeah. Windu. Give, give me, me fucking Ewan McGregor with the big old beard oh my god i want I, th- yeah. I think that could serve the star wars franchise really well for, for sure. just like fun like arcadey type combat and gameplay exactly and we're not really getting any kind of games no. like that and ea never was going to publish a game like that no they wouldn't have you know because they, they only want whales you know and they want whales that there's a bunch of barnacles sucking on the teat and the teats are giving you nothing but microtransactions well, yeah that's the problem with like yeah in the past few years with uh additional content dlc and microtransactions that sort of whale mentality and reoccurring yeah like financial gain and return from a game like they keep trying to plunge into that and it's like that's your brand cool but maybe try something different step away from it yeah get, no i get agree. the faith back of your consumers and your players because you've lost us a little bit here that's truth man like to have like unlocks for per progression systems in battlefront 2 and this and that and like if players like play advantages like i don't know it, it taints taints the play pool a little bit 
Yeah, and you know, wouldn't wouldn't taint anything for me? A single player experience, kind of like what we pitched, a rock steady mm. Star Wars game. Like I would feel like, no, this, this is cool. This yeah. this feels honest, and this seems like something that you really need to to craft. But it also the scope doesn't have to encompass like oh competitive balancing yeah. and, and online transaction. Like no man, give me a simple to the point fucking Star Wars game. Here's what I want. My last one on the table. You have a third pitch. I have a... I said, sets of two. This would come out with this isometric one. You're pitching a tent down there, I see. You have to have a big title. It would never happen. It would never happen because they would never give exclusivity to any one company. But give Sony a Star Wars exclusive. Give it to Sony Santa Monica. Let them do kind of like a grounded Star Wars adventure type game. Mm -hmm. Same closed circuit ideas, you know, because I'm a sucker for that shit. Yeah, you don't want like a... But don't do a hard open mm -hmm. world. Like, Orca could have been cool, but... So so you don't want an open world at all? I don't want a hard open world game. Okay. I want to be able to kind of like explore in that space freely, but I want the story to whisk me along. I want that to be the main pull, because that's what's really great about Star Wars, the the stories. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I, I... I don't think that an open world Star Wars game is bad, but there would have to be a really big hook to why you're doing it. Yeah. Otherwise, you go with a more focused experience. And even EA is just kind of like, uh, we're going to go for something smaller scale that we can like publish really yeah. quickly. Yeah, that might be the right thing to do that you should have been doing all this time. And mm-hmm. I would be fucking kicking myself as well to just be like, yo, we've had two games out two games in 10 years i mean in an ecosystem where ubisoft was putting out an assassin's creed every year like there's a high standard of putting out like annual titles i i think i do feel for them in that they were building these experiences from the ground up and that is one of the hardest things that you can do in development Mm -hmm. when you don't have a basis for something Not not really with with the battlefront games no even that kind of they had a basis for that they had battlefield <laughs> as the basis but they didn't have the original battlefronts because they refused to use those they could have though they could have made their yeah the whole development process so much easier and fans right. already kind of wanted that but those are the experiences that we actually got released though mm-hmm. which kind of proves like they don't have a basis for amy hennig's version mm-hmm. or even this open world game and it just like kind of fell apart mm-hmm. you know you got to wonder where the vision was at but i do see that they were probably pulled apart by ea yeah just kind of going like it needs to be this it needs to be this we're not happy with the milestones. Bye. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I. I don't think Star Wars is as easy to figure out as people think because it really is not just about like oh go hard in this lore heavy stuff. It's like no, there's a cadence, there's a pacing, there's mm-hmm. there's right things to do, there's ways that there's larger than life characters versus good versus evil. And you have to have the set pieces that yeah. feel. If they're not new, they feel like a memory that like really right. like makes you think Star Wars. I want Star Wars. And I'm but, not getting Star Wars, Daniel. I think that's why Battlefront worked for me, because it's like it had those battlefields. Those big battlefield moments. Cause like the what, 32 players? <laughs> shouldn't have the license. Oh. He wasn't gonna go hard this episode, but he's got an opinion about that. I, I agree with them. I don't give a shit about them ever since they did Dead Space Dirty, so mm. that's it. I'll never forgive them for that. They technically just have like the rights to it in a vault somewhere, you know? Let them free. Let, it, let it go to another studio. Let them go. Let Capcom do one. 
You looked at me cockeyed. Like, I looked at you like that's the greatest idea I've heard <laughs> in the, the past hour and a half. Like, <laughs> that's the least dumb thing you've said this entire episode. Give it to Capcom. They know horror. They know fixed perspective shit. Oh my god. Give it to me. They could do it. Also, give me Jedi power battles too. That's all I want. <laughs> what, I mean, what do you think yep. a Star Wars game needs to work? It needs to have sound combat, obviously you have to have great action you have to have great character you have to have big set pieces Mm -hmm. and how you go about that is free domain to it man but i i think games like force unleash understood that or else they wouldn't have you dragging a star destroyer out of the sky man that's still imprinted in my memory yeah those games were almost veered toward mediocre but were still like had these larger than life star wars Mm -hmm. moments because it feels like the people that made them got it you know they got what they were trying to go for even if they didn't quite deliver. Again, hard franchise to deliver for. Last Jedi, super confusing movie. Super confusing as in, why did anybody allow that script get to film? <laughs> I don't know how nobody gave like Ryan Johnson a hard sit down. I'm like, hey bud, we can't run this version. But they Is let Leia it happen. floating through space, you son of a bitch? <laughs> you treating her like the alien queen? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> i need something more like the force awakens that just gets it that just gets it yeah. right that just gets it that's new and familiar all at once <sighs> i know but i want it i don't know if we're gonna see that in the next five years we'll see respawn you're our final hope <laughs> help us respawn <laughs> no i think i think they're very apt hands you were apt hands oh wait Not you got that days, like, hand. I I got about fucked that. up hand dude okay daniel yes we have to wrap this up we do it's been fun it's synced it's good we we got some good talk we talked about uh eyeballs popping out of heads we talked about uh some star wars games we pretty much landed on we only want rock steady nether realm or jedi power battles to occur yeah. gotcha honestly i wouldn't mind another shadows of the empire give me a mixed bag of gameplay give me fucking racing give me flight simulator give me platforming give me it all of it yeah so you want every type of game dumped into one i'm gonna get right up here yeah good. shadows of the empire works for me to this day Mm-hmm. it will never falter it's one of the it's the perfect star wars game you're gonna play it today and be like oh this controls suck i mean it's it's very <laughs> polygonal <laughs> but like i love being in that play space it, it nailed it for me i get it buddy yeah, yeah. i get it all right guys we gotta we gotta hyper speed out of here is that it? Hyper yeah jump, hyper are we gonna fucking hyper speed into a star destroyer what do they do with battlestar galactica who who would do a game pitch that's me right now bioware we're gonna make a power rangers battlestar galactica star wars game and you're gonna fucking sign off on it it's gonna play like jedi power battles fuck you ninja theory you're making it sold there we go um so next time we sit down with you guys we will have played resident evil 2 that was gonna be a big thing are we gonna give soft boy impressions there you think we're gonna save it all for an episode okay i don't even want to talk about the game until fucking it happens we're gonna mention like, it in glimpses until we're done. yeah we're gonna mention it in glimpses yeah. it's gonna be in your periphery but we're gonna have a full-on probably no less than two hour discussion okay about resident evil 2 a capcom joint i'm stoked for it it's gonna be good yeah uh until then you can catch me on twitch.tv slash the red herb you can catch me over at twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels you can find me come uh january 29th that tuesday i will probably be streaming kingdom hearts 3 Fuck yeah. I'm unbelieving the fact that it's even out. I'll be beside myself the whole time. I'm like, can you look at this game? Can you believe this shit's Open out? your heart to the light. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be good. Yeah. 
If you forgot, you can find The Save Room on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show or Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or, and Chatbox if you just, you just noink box. it. Come on, man. Damn it, they'll never give us a sponsorship. No, the force isn't strong with you with the sponsorship endorsement. No, yay! <laughs> 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 okay awesome anything else we got uh no dude i think this is a big ggwp what uh good game well played oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were gonna be like good game well podcasted oh that's a better one actually yeah you so, like yeah, that right, we're gonna rebrand it ggwp yeah go ahead okay good game well podcasted. nice very good dude all right kids thanks for listening and remember to save your game